This episode of Tales from the Backlog is brought to you by the patrons of the Tube Podcast Network. Some personal heroes of mine like Chris Nelson, the Top 3 Podcast Crew, Zolgeek, Colby Moyer, Eric Guess, Rick Firestone, Jill, Kieran, ZNA, Cupcake, Kyle, Christian S., Matt, a.k.a. Stormageddon, JD, and many more have all gone to patreon.com slash realdavejackson to support the show, and I appreciate all of them very much, and you can be just like them. Once again, that address was patreon.com slash realdavejackson. Any and all support in any form is always appreciated. And now, on to the show. Hello, everybody. My name is Dave Jackson, and you're listening to Tales from the Backlog. This is a video games review podcast where each week I'm joined by a guest to take a game out of the backlog and talk about it. My guest today is a friend of the show, loyal retainer to the Shogun, and co-host of Gaming Together podcast. Nave, welcome back to the show, dude. Hey, how's it going? Good to uh, have you back. You, you've been on a couple episodes of the show before. Uh, for longtime listeners, you may recognize Nave's voice from our episode about Unsighted. And then uh, more recently, we did an episode about emergent gameplay together. So good to have you back on the show to talk about Like a Dragon Ishin today. And uh, before we get into Ishin, um, like I said, Nave is one of the hosts of Gaming Together podcast. So Nave, can you uh, refresh people? What's going on on Gaming Together? We are a show with me and my co-host, Philip, where we talk about cooperative video games and multiplayer and just playing together with your buds. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we'll do a transitionary <laughs> period. My co-host is actually getting deployed pretty soon. Uh, we still don't know yet, so we're kind of just taking it easy right now, and then it's going to be kicked off to kind of a solo uh, guest rant, guest-driven show for the time being. <laughs> Solo guest and rant driven show. Yeah, for sure. Oh, there's going to be rants in this episode. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we've we talked about it on both the episodes you've been on before. Gaming Together is a really fun show. I listen to it all the time. And uh, again, it's it's every episode is a game, a co-op game. And if it's not a co-op game, you guys find a way to make it a co-op game. <laughs> and that the logistics of all of that are, are truly amazing to me. Uh, to do a, a pretty regular, like weekly show all about co-op games. So awesome stuff that you guys are doing. I really like your show. And um, yeah, welcome back on the show. Today, we're going to talk about Like a Dragon Ishin, uh, which is an action RPG originally developed by Ryuga Kotoku Studios and published by Sega for PS3 and PS4 uh, in Japan only, though, in 2014. There's a remake for contemporary consoles in 2023. Today, we're going to talk about the remake. Um, so I have come up with an elevator pitch for Like a Dragon Ishin, and this is a Yakuza series spinoff set in the 1860s with a cast of familiar faces, literally. What do you think, Nave? Uh, I wrote down, if you have ADHD and like dancing, karaoke, chicken racing, and cold-blooded murder, then this is your game. <laughs> All of those things. Yeah, you can't have one of them without the rest of them. Um, <laughs> this uh, this game took me about 25 hours to play. I would say 25 to 30, something like that. I skipped most of the side content 
in this game. We'll get into why, but yeah, 25 to 30 hours for me. And Nave, for you, how long did this game take you? I literally just rolled credits on this game two minutes ago. <laughs> and the end result screen says 56 hours and 10 minutes. So Okay, yeah. So you got into a lot more of that side content than I did, I feel like. Yeah, mileage may vary. Yeah, uh, I played this on PS5. I'm assuming you played this on Xbox, right? Yes, sir. Okay, yeah, no uh, no issues with the Xbox version? Uh, there was this really odd texture, like low-res texture pop-in kind of thing, but really that's it. I'm not sure if that's on the PlayStation edition, but... Kind of, you know, sometimes like in the order that like games load stuff in, they'll load in like the base stuff and then like the, the nice textures later. It was a little yeah. bit more noticeable in this game uh, for sure, but no, no major issues on PS five. Like how, how noticeable was it? Like, so it would be if in the middle of a cutscene, it's like jumping between character to character, almost every single time it would move to a new character. It would oh. be a low res version of the character for half a second. And then the <laughs> high res would, and I just kind of got used to it. I was like, okay, whatever. That's just a quirk. Okay. Yeah. Um, for for me, it was just like transitioning between areas of the map was the main thing, but definitely not in cutscenes like that. That sounds kind of freaky. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> so the spoiler policy for today's episode is a regular episode of the show, although this is a, a Yakuza game. So if you know the series, it's all about story. It's all about cutscenes. It's all about side content too, but... These are stories with tons of plot twists and backstabbing and people you thought were dead coming back to life. It, I mean, if you know what to expect, you know what to expect, but we're not going to spoil that stuff for you in the first, um, you know, section of this episode. So if you haven't played, check down in the show notes, you'll see a timestamp for when the spoilers begin for Like a Dragon Ishin. So we begin every episode by talking about our histories with uh, the game and for both of us, I know that we both have a long history with the series. So, Nave, I'll kick it to you first. What's your history with the Yakuza series? And then um, why Ishin? Why did you want to play it? Well, I've been a long time uh, prophet of this. We're just not a prophet, but I've been <laughs> evangelizing the series for everybody around me. And everyone knows that I've been a huge uh, stand for this, even the spinoffs like the dead souls on the PlayStation three and stuff like mm -hmm. that. I love them. <laughs> just anything with my man Kiryu. I just want to be a totally a part of it. And mm -hmm. I was so excited to see Inchid because this game was not, this game wasn't localized as far as I'm aware for Americans. Right. 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 And so this was something that we just never got to take part in. So it's a brand new series for us over here. And boy, is it awesome. Yeah. I'm kind of like you, although like what so when did you play your first yakuza game um it's i can't really remember i played it on the playstation 3 the first one i played was yakuza 4 okay and i beat it but i didn't exactly know because these games are so overwhelming the first few <laughs> the first time you play them there's uh -huh. so many names and people and stuff especially when you jump right into the middle like i did right and i i started to play five and I, I quit for a while. And so whenever everything came to the Xbox, that's when I really took a deep dive. And mm -hmm. I started with zero and worked my way all the way through to uh, Like a Dragon over the course of like three years. And just this has been like my Game of Thrones. Like I've been religiously just every time I'm sitting down for dinner, I watch a cutscene of Yakuza. <laughs> <I've> gotta, <laughs> this has been my uh, 
my ritual for the past three years. Hell yeah. Yeah. So probably pretty similar to me then, like the last three or four years, I've played all eight of the main Yakuza games, um, including Like a Dragon. And then uh, it's one of my favorite series. I mean, even little peek behind the curtain, even before this game came out, I, I had invited you to come on because I knew you're a huge <laughs> fan of the series. Uh, so it was about time we talked about it together. Um, but yeah, I, I love this series so much. Uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon was one of my favorites from the year that it came out. And so Like a Dragon Ishin, again, not only was it like the one that we never got, but it also got like really great reviews. Like it was like over 90 on Metacritic and stuff like that, the Japanese version. So when we knew we were going to get it, I was like, oh yeah, day one, I'm going to go to the, like go to GameStop after work and pick it up like that type of game. So I was really excited for it to get into some opening thoughts about it. I think this game's all right. Like it's not in my top half of the my favorite Yakuza games. But that being said, like, if I'm saying that this is like, so I've played nine Yakuza games now. If this is, if I say it's like number seven, that doesn't mean it's a bad game by any means. It just means like the ones that are above it are just really fucking good. And this one's okay. And I enjoyed it okay. Um, I enjoyed the combat in this more than the rest of the series. Um, and the story and setting were interesting. Uh, as they normally are in these games. But I kind of came out of it just thinking like, hey, this is fine. If you're a fan of the series, play this. If you're not, maybe give it a shot. But there's other places to start, I think. How about you? Um, I think one thing to take away from this after beating it is that it's very noticeable how this is a, a enclosed experience where like, you know, all the other Yakuza games kind of connect to one another and con- are continuations of one another where yeah. this game, even Judgment, what they knew they were making Lost Judgment afterwards, where this game, there's no sequel, there's no prequel. So they right. everything's kind of just the gap. They're stepping on the gas for a lot of things. Yeah. Um. I do agree about the combat, though. The combat is probably a lot more fleshed out than usual, except maybe if you're thinking about, like, Yakuza, like, the Kiwamis or, like, Zero, where they have Zero, multiple fighting yeah. styles and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's very similar to that, actually. And um, I I don't know about you, but I kind of ended up sticking to one fighting style and being like, this is the only way I'm going to play from now on. And there's that's usually a, a disappointment <laughs> whenever you have such an intricate little fighting style uh, mm-hmm. uh, selection. But yeah, yeah, I liked it a lot. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely dive into that combat system in a bit. So we're going to take a music break. And when we come back, we're going to set up the story of Like a Dragon Ishin. So in Like a Dragon Ishin, uh, the first thing you're going to notice if you're a fan of the series, like the two of us, uh, it, this was part of the draw for me, is that the character models, the faces, the voice actors, they're all exactly the same as the main series. So your protagonist in this game is looks like Kiryu from the first uh, seven Yakuza games, has the same voice actor, almost the same personality. Uh, and a lot of your other side characters are exactly the same. Same character models, same voice actor, same personality. So I guess like the first thing to get out of the way is like, was this good? Did you enjoy this or was it distracting or was it, did it feel cheap in any way? 
it was unbelievable, honestly, for me. <laughs> where one of the down, the downsides of this Yakuza series is that the fran- the the series takes so long to get through, but yeah. they have so many amazing characters that you just fall in love with, and some of them die a lot earlier than you would like, and being able to uh like vicariously relive the these like experiences with like Kiryu running into different characters from the Yakuza series that are no longer there or like mm-hmm. even villains that aren't villains right out of the gate that are now friends with you like seeing all these different interactions people from Yakuza 2 interacting with people from Yakuza 7 it's yeah. like it's so interesting <laughs> and even though they're not the same characters it still tickles that itch you know it's like watching a Seinfeld crossover episode with i don't know friends or something yeah, uh, I, I will say like this. This didn't feel cheap, although like it it could have been like a, a money saving or time saving move to do this when they were making the game. But it didn't feel cheap. It felt charming to me in that way too. To see Kiryu, who's not the protagonist in the new Like a Dragon series, Ichiban has taken that over. So to have Kiryu be the main character again, and to see someone who is basically Majima again, and Saijima and a lot of the other and like you said like there's one of the villains from Yakuza 0 is in this game and to see everybody again it's like seeing all your friends because these games like these games are not short like I'd say I'm up around like four or five hundred hours in the series by now so I've spent a lot of time with these characters and to see them all in these like 18 or yeah 1800s costumes and stuff is really fun I enjoyed it a lot one thing that I really do want to point out is that this game came out originally in the PlayStation 3 era. So yeah. there are characters there are characters that are modeled and voiced in this new iteration of the game that didn't exist back then. Like right. there are characters, there are multiple characters from Yakuza Like a Dragon, the most recent game that appear in this game. And they mm. didn't have to do that. That is such an awesome amount of fan service and love and care that they have for this franchise that they're putting forth to the uh, people who are going to experience this game like us for the first time whereas yeah. when you look at the old games they kind of just look like random people not even sure if they are like uh, if they are modeled after people in the original games or not but i'm so much happier to see the the new characters in there too yeah that's true like i didn't even i didn't even think of that when um when i was thinking about like you know, putting these familiar faces into these new characters. I, I didn't even go back and look at the old game to see if that was how that game was too. But in this remake, which is, you know, what we're discussing today, this was awesome. And it's, it feels like if you're a fan of the series, it feels like, like this is, you're going to love this because if you're a fan of the series, you love these characters. I don't feel like you can be a fan of the Yakuza series and not love Kiryu and Majima and all of them. <laughs> so it's uh, it's really good. So in this game, you play as um, a samurai named Sakamoto Ryoma, uh, who is Kiryu, basically. Same face, same voice actor. Um, similar personality. I felt like uh, Ryoma was a little bit more antagonistic with people, a little bit less naive than Kiryu is. But for all, for other than that, mostly the same, right? Yeah, it's not something it's if he was so if he was a drastic departure from Kiryu, it would it would go into that kind of uncanny valley, wouldn't it? And that's the yeah. same for almost all of these characters. Like, I don't think any character is a one for one in uh, with their counterparts in Yakuza. But I do think that they all are riding very close to that line. Yeah. So for people who haven't played the Yakuza games, Kiryu is like a Kiryu and Ryoma now are both extremely loyal, honest 
uh, naive, like I said, um, kind of dumb sometimes, kind of gullible sometimes, very, very lovable character. Uh, and Ryoma is basically the same. A little bit, like I said, a little bit more mean sometimes, a little bit more like straight to the point when someone knows something that he needs to know, stuff like that. Um, also, uh, Ryoma is just like bleeding people out in the streets, unlike <laughs> Kiryu, <laughs> who just gives them traumatic brain injuries. Uh, Ryoma's slashing open guts and stuff. So that's have, another different thing. <laughs> I had a funny story. So um, I my girlfriend was watching me play this, and she's never seen a Yakuza game before. And I saw someone you know, bullying a lady in the street and I went to fight them and I, you know, knocked them down and stabbed them and shot them in the head. And she's like, yeah. you're killing them over this. And I'm like, no, I canonically do not kill people. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it was one of the, so like, that's always been a little bit of like cognitive dissonance when you're playing the Yakuza series where like Kiryu's like Batman, he doesn't kill people, but he will beat them over the head with a literal motorcycle until they, <laughs> you know, they will never be the same again. Uh, he'll stick their head in a fucking microwave. He'll stick their <laughs> head through the glass into the microwave, uh, but he's not killing anybody. And in this game, you're not fighting with your fists. You're not swinging bicycles at people. You're like you said, there's a finishing move where you stab them in the gut and then shoot them point blank in the head, but he's still not killing them. Uh, Cause those people will wake up after the fight and they'll say, you know what? I learned something today. Then <laughs> <laughs> that's why we love Yakuza. Yeah, it's uh, it is bizarre. But um, so in this game, uh, playing as Ryoma, it is the 1860s. Uh, Ryoma returns to his hometown after training in the way of the sword in uh, Edo, which is, I hope I'm saying that right. Probably not. Uh, the old version of Tokyo, Tokyo. Now he reunites with his adopted father, who is hoping to bring change uh, to the rigid class structure in their hometown of Tosa. And uh, during the a planned meeting at the local castle, his adopted father is killed by an assassin. And uh, Ryoma is the one at the scene when people run in, so they blame him. Uh, he, we get into like the bizarre tone of the Yakuza games in this beginning when you run away from the uh, the guards who catch you. And the way he escapes is by jumping off a fucking waterfall and like just <laughs> landing in a river and swimming away. And uh, he re-emerges in uh, the older version of Kyoto, just called Kyo, um, and he's searching out the real killer for the assassin. And he only has one piece of information to go on. And this is a very, like, Yakuza and uh, old, like, samurai plot point. This is a samurai film-ass plot point. He's looking for the killer. The only thing he knows about them is they have this uncommon sword fighting style. So he's going to fucking fight everybody until he <laughs> recognizes the style they're fighting with. And even when he finds the people using the style that they're fighting with, he's still going to fight them until he recognizes the one specifically that oh, he yeah, fought. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, yeah, you're using the same style, but the person I fought, they're better than you are. So you're not the killer. Uh, <laughs> Which is so d disappointing whenever you hear that after you yeah. lost to somebody. <laughs> and everyone keeps fucking with him, too. They keep saying, like, I was the one who killed him. And then you fight them because that's how you solve problems in this series. You beat the shit out of people. Yeah. Uh, and then at the end, he's like, no, uh, you know, you're using the same style, but whoever I fought, they were better than you. So, uh, this, uh, this story, like I said, at the beginning has a lot of the familiar, um, a lot of the familiar twists and turns, and I'm not going to put specifics on them, of course, but 
it is a kind of roller coaster of twists and, oh, I can't believe, oh, I thought they were dead and they're back. Or like, this person's not who they say they were. They have a double name and you have a double name because he uh, he comes up in uh, Kyoto and he's using an alias to avoid people knowing who he is. And it's, it is a classic Yakuza style ride, I think. And it's so much more confusing for people who are familiar with these characters because these characters are... It's, by default different named but then they're using aliases and those aliases confuse you when they start referring to each other by different names in the same conversation and you're like okay who are we talking about again because i have adhd and i'm having a hard time remembering (laughs) yeah this was more confusing than the average yakuza game uh because of what you just said there but also because this is a kind of this is a historical drama and so it's taken out of the world that we already knew so like you and i we spent eight games learning Yakuza clan names and location (laughs) names and all of those things. And they're all gone now and you have to learn new ones. Um, So there's a lot of proper nouns to learn uh, and it it can be kind of confusing because unless you're familiar with Japanese history, all of this stuff is going to be new stuff. The terms like the Shinsengumi and the Bafuku and the black ships and Shishi and all of these things. I'm like, I don't know what the hell these are. Luckily, there's a glossary uh, during dialogue. You can like, it'll have like a glossary pop up and you press start and it will say like, oh, the Shinsengumi are blah, 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 blah. So that was helpful. Uh, Still had a hard time like remembering this stuff. I absolutely love that they included this. And I think all games that are period pieces should include something like this. Another thing that's a shine, another game that's a shining example of this is a game called Pentiment on the Xbox from, Uh uh, Obsidian. Uh, Obsidian, yeah. I wanted to say Insomniac, but yeah, so they have an awesome glossary as well that that pops up mid-conversation so that you can find out what the hell anyone's talking about. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Just did an episode about Pentiment. By the time people hear that, they can go listen to that. It's not out yet, though. Um, So we're in that weird between time where we're talking about something (laughs) that exists but doesn't exist yet. So um, yeah, agreed. That that glossary is really, really helpful. Um, The... uh, the story itself, I thought, was okay. It's not my favorite in the Yakuza series, but if you come to the series for like crime, melodrama, and lots of plot twists and stuff like that, I, I think you're going to come out of this feeling pretty satisfied by it. It's not going to change your life, but it's it's fine for what a Yakuza game is generally aiming to do. You agree? Yeah, it's definitely these games are definitely like getting dropped into a well and slowly cl- claw, like clawing your way out of the well. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, this game is told uh, in the classic Yakuza storytelling method, uh, which what I mean by that is tons of dialogue and tons of cutscenes. Um, I would guess that if you went on YouTube and looked up the yakuza or the like a dragon ishin like all cutscenes video it would be at least like eight to ten hours long just like all these games are um and i definitely had a lot of times when i was playing where it was like okay i'm gonna walk the dog after this cutscene's over or like my wife is like hey um can you help me with the laundry i'm like yeah just like this cutscene will be over in a few (laughs) minutes and then like 45 minutes later it's not over yet and i should have just like hit the the sleep mode or something like that so i could like get on with my life well luckily this game and i think all games should do this you're able to pause cutscenes like you 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 hit start 
it doesn't skip it. You have to hit start and then hit A to skip cutscenes and stuff like that. Yeah. But also, I don't know if this is a thing on the PlayStation, but if you leave your controller idle for long enough, the screen will dim. And that it happened at that happened, I think, at least six times to me during this game, <laughs> where the cutscenes yeah. were so long that they thought I was not at the at the Xbox anymore. Yeah. So if you're again, if this is going to be your first Yakuza game, you got to be aware this is super dialogue heavy, super cutscene heavy. Um, even if it's not fully voice acted cutscenes, there's a lot of just standing around talking to people too. Like you're definitely like running people through with swords on the street, but you're going to be spending a lot of time chatting and loving it. Honestly, all these characters yeah. are awesome. The, the characters are great. This is a good time to bring up um, the localization for these games is always a plus like for my money. Nobody has better localization than um, Ryuga Kotoku. They're incredible at uh, translating humor and translating dialects and like regional differences in the way people speak, translating casual versus formal and all everything in between the way people talk to each other. It is all like just incredible. I, I can't give them enough praise every game, but this one too. Yeah. And it's especially apparent whenever you uh, are in the, with the cast of the uh, Shin, Shima, Shimagumi. Fuck, Shin I Gumi. Shin Gumi. Yeah. I always want to say Shin Megami Tensei and I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> but uh, whenever you're with the captains, like all of the different captains speak so differently and they're so varied, especially when you talk to mm -hmm. the uh, uh, Okita uh, yeah. character who's Majima's counterpart. Oh yeah. man, like his his speaking style is so funny at all times, I think. Mm -hmm. Um the voice acting is also really great. We can just kind of mention that now too. The voice acting for Yakuza games is always great. And in this one too, same voice actors, same people making the games. Um not everything is voice acted. You only get voice acting in specific scenes, but when it is there, it's often just you know, really great, full of emotion, full of whatever the scene demands. Yeah, their uh, their artistic direction and their uh, vocal performance direction is is incredible, and it has been for a very long time for these games. And so yeah. this one's just right there in the middle of the pack. So since this is a, a period drama, uh, we may have mentioned that some of the characters are based on real people. You're in real locations. Sakamoto Ryoma was a real person who is like, this is loosely retelling that story, taking a lot of liberties, of course. Um, but Sakamoto Ryoma, according to Wikipedia, again, I'm not a scholar of Japanese history, but uh, a samurai who advocated for democracy and was instrumental in the fall of the military government, um, aka the shogunate, and um, the reinstatement of the Japanese emperor. Uh, so you are running through real events that happened, again, fictionalized, dramatized, and all of that. But you are running through a real thing that happens. So if you do have any background in this type of thing, well, you might hate it because it's it's so dramatized, but uh, you might enjoy these kind of seeing your favorite characters in this like historical event that you have some familiarity with. Um, did uh, did that add anything for it to, uh, to it for you, Nave, or was it more just like, I'm in a different crime drama now. I honestly didn't know that Sakamoto Ryoma was a real person. So I'm kind of okay. retroactively looking back and going, oh, uh, uh, like the different parts. I'm <laughs> like, I wonder what was real and what, because I'm yeah. sure most of this was dramatized, but I wonder it like what story beats were like, because they had to have followed like a blueprint, right? 
Yeah, it, it's a very loose blueprint. And again, this my understanding of it is just like from the Wikipedia reading and stuff that I did. So it's not like I'm, you know, comparing and contrasting with my college degree or something like that. But it seems like they followed the basics of real events and um, took some huge liberties with stuff that happened with the real Sakamoto Ryoma. But it would be less fun as a story in a video game if it were true to the history uh, all the time, you know? Yeah. One other thing to mention uh, that I did notice, because I've noticed this in many Yakuza games uh, at this point, is um, this game is pretty xenophobic, which kind of makes sense in the setting, like historically accurate. They probably were uh, a little bit fearful of foreigners, but in this game, foreigners are literally the enemy. Uh, which there's like two other Yakuza games where foreigners are the enemies too. It's not new for the series, yeah. but I just do want to point that out because like it is something that I notice now when I play Yakuza games where it's like, oh, the Chinese are the enemy. And in this game, it's like the the British invaders, they're the enemy. They're going to fuck our lives up, uh, which the British fucked a lot of people's lives up. I get it, but um, it, it does kind of stick out to me uh, and it's in this game too. Yeah, and it is, you were right about it being historically accurate. This is the Edo period. I think it's pretty close to the end of the Edo period. And this is whenever, uh, this was shortly after the Japanese even opened one singular port for foreign trade. And they used mm. to be completely closed off. And until, yeah, yeah the, I think it, it what, I don't know if it was the British or not, but somebody showed up with guns and cannons and was like, open this up or we're going to invade you. And they had really no choice but to uh, capitulate. And that was like the the beginning of all of this turmoil and stuff in uh, Japanese history. And I think that that's really cool uh, that they're able to encapsulate a lot of that in there. I mean, I kind of love racism in video games and hopefully <laughs> nobody clips that and circulates that around on the Internet. But this that kind of like uh, very stubborn and naive like way to start confrontations between different parties or different characters and stuff like that that mm -hmm. is like 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 clearly outdated in our eyes i love the exploration of stuff like that especially in period pieces like this where you're able to kind of like live vicariously through these characters and and like try to understand what it was like in the shoes of these people you know what i mean um yeah. i like it's obviously not correct in this modern day and age but it's like something that really gets the noggin jogging, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, definitely understandable in this game. Um, I mean, it's kind of understandable in the other games. If you know about, you know, population, uh, demographics in Japan in modern day Japan, it's not a super diverse place. So to have, and like histories with other countries in the region, it's, understandable even if i'm not the biggest fan of that kind of thing in this game it's more understandable i think but it is here uh and you'll have lots of confrontations where it's like this white person is just minding their own business and people are like hey i fucking hate you and now we're <laughs> gonna duke it out in the street except for kiryu uh or ryoma because ryoma is a man of the people he doesn't care who you are or where you came from if you're honest and loyal he likes you so <laughs> Yeah. He's a he's a simple 
So Like a Dragon Ishin is uh, like the other Yakuza games. It's a mini open world game. Um, you're not in the usual setting of Kamurocho in this game. You're in Kyoto, as we said, but it's a historical version, dirt roads, uh, people walking around on foot, all that stuff. Fairly small open world, but like usual, it's fairly dense with stuff, uh, whether that's sh uh, shops or side quests or events or mini games, stuff like that. So like this, this series is really great in my opinion, partly because it's open world, but it's not this big sprawling open world. It's a small condensed uh, place that's full of stuff. And as a result, feels a lot more alive than, you know, a city in Skyrim or something like that. Yeah, I much prefer my open world to be small and dense rather than huge and empty. Yeah. I don't know if you felt this way, though. Like, Kyoto is more spread out. Kyo is more spread out than Kamurocho. And unfortunately, like the two most common places that you need to go to, your like guest house and the <laughs> Shinsengumi barracks are so far away from each other that like you're going to make that straight line run or fast travel and go through, you know, running to the fast travel point, going through that thing to get back and forth from these places so many times that this wore on me, like the layout of this more than Kamurocho ever did or the other, you know. Uh, Yokohama or something like that in the other games. Yeah, there there's a problem with the main hub of the of Kyo where there's it's not a big loop like Kamarucho is where like if you're down in the bottom right corner where you're where the inn is, uh you have to go like left and up to get to the top part of the map. You can't yeah. just go up directly because mm -hmm. there's a big river right there. And there is the fast travel point. I do wish the fast travel was a lot closer to the inn because you still have to walk a, a slight ways out of your way to get to that fast travel point. And the other pro the other nitpick I have is when you select the fast travel point, there are a couple of fast travel points that are outside of the main hub of Kyo that once you select them, you don't see precisely where they're going. And they're all just Japanese names. So you just have to memorize <laughs> which one is which. Yeah. And it's it's really apparent when you're in like when you're in one of those outside of the outside of the main Kyo, like you're outside of uh, Shinsegumi headquarters. Now you have to like just remember which one goes where and you're not allowed to look at the main map of Kyo while you're in that screen. Yeah. If you're just going by names, like the name I'm like, I wish I could say that I'm cultured enough where like just the names of those places meant anything to me, but I, I couldn't remember like the name of the district where the guest house is. I needed to see it on the map. Otherwise I'd have no idea. But that being said, I, I did enjoy like this change of setting for this game. This historical version of uh, Kyoto was cool to see um, because just like Kamurocho and Yokohama and all the other places, it's really lovingly crafted with stuff to do. And it, it looks really nice. Um, like you said, that river going through the middle of the city is kind of annoying, but like I've been to Kyoto in real life and I remember how the city's laid out and it's kind of cool to see it in that virtual tourism way, just like it was cool to see the places in Tokyo that I've been um, in the other Yakuza games. So like, yeah, I was annoyed running back and forth from place to place, but more often I was like, this is really cool to see this other place I've been brought to life in the video game. I always love it. I, yeah, I absolutely love walking around and just staring at stuff too. And this game is so lovingly crafted the way that 
like there's so many little details all over the place and the way mm-hmm. that characters <laughs> kind of like the little NPCs kind of walk around or interact with each other or yeah. uh, like the shopkeepers like always yell and trying to get your attention as you're yeah. walking by. I don't know. <laughs> there's something really awesome about that. Um, I do also like like the flavor of having the fast travel before in the regular Yakuza games you get in taxis and now you get in these little boxes that two people carry you yeah. to the location. And I'm just like, that's such a funny and it, I'm, I'm assuming is historically accurate, but it's still so funny. Like, especially when you're on a mission and you have three friends with you and then you fast travel and just thinking about all three <laughs> of your big burly Yakuza guys getting in there and yeah, getting just, in the, the palanquin and like, like a little clown car situation. That's <laughs> yeah, so awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's really cool. So like uh small annoyances aside, it's 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 amazing the way that they bring these places to life um in a cool way. Uh so when you're going around the open world, um as always, you will get into tons of uh in quotes random encounters around the city. Um you can see people like your your enemies, they will, you know, walk past you on the street and then they'll go, oh, like and turn around <laughs> and like start walking toward you. And if they catch up to you then a fight starts so it's a good time to talk about the combat um this is real-time brawler combat uh, not like in like a dragon naming convention has gotten a little confusing in the series but it's like the old kiryu games so it's action combat not turn-based and like yakuza zero you have four fighting styles you switch uh, using the d-pad in combat it's instant you can switch anytime you like there's no penalty um so the four are swordsmen, where you fight with a katana, uh, gunmen, where you fight with a pistol, brawler, uh, which is just fighting with fists like the main Yakuza games, and then the last one called wild dancer, where you fight with both a sword and a gun, one in each hand. So Nave, which of these combat styles did you uh, use the most? I had to go with wild dancer. Yeah, it's the best. Yeah, it's <laughs> so know, fucking. I don't know how cool. you can avoid it. Yeah, um, there, there's something really awesome about seeing Kiryu spin around and shoot a pistol, you know, just <laughs> willy-nilly. Uh, I love it. And um, it's really interesting, too, because not a lot of characters will adopt a sword and gun combo. In fact, most characters don't like guns at all. Mm-hmm. So having the strengths of both the swordman and the gunman, but the huge flaw of almost no defense seems kind of like a bad strategy, especially if you're playing on legend difficulty like i was but brawler <laughs> also i mean uh wild dancer also comes with one of the best dodges uh out of yeah. the four fighting styles yeah uh so they all like nave kind of led on there they all have different attack styles but they all have different defensive styles too so the swordsman has like a parry with the sword uh the i think the gunman just has a dodge the brawler can block and then the wild dancer kind of like spins out of the way of attacks as they're coming. Uh, so kind of like a dodge parry type of thing. Um, and I, I, I fucked with the wild dancer pretty much all of the game too. It's just by far the most fun to play as. And then the wild dancer does less damage. So during boss fights, I would use the swordsman sometimes, um, but I didn't really do the brawler style. It's just really boring compared to the ones with the swords, in my opinion. And um, the gunmen very sparingly, uh, although like, so they take the character models from the regular Yakuza games for your characters, but they also take the enemy types. So like 
people, if you're familiar with the series, you remember the the big burly dudes who swing <laughs> couches at you in the other Yakuza games. They're in this game too. They're swinging barrels at you. And it's really fun and satisfying to just stand back and just shoot them with a gun <laughs> instead of dealing with the whole dance you had to do in the other games with them. It's it's really cathartic. Like someone who yeah. doesn't understand the struggle of fighting those guys will never yeah. get why I'm <laughs> the the big old grin on my face while I'm just shooting him for like five minutes straight. Yeah, does the gunman? Damage. Yeah, the gunman style doesn't do much damage, but you can if an enemy is stationary like those ones, you can just kind of stand back and chill uh, and just kind of whittle their health down. It, it's interesting playing with guns in this game because in the other Yakuza games, you can pick up guns as drops like very late in those games. Uh, and they're kind of like, oh shit, I have a gun. Like we're in <laughs> business now. But in this game, you start with one. So uh, it's just part of your toolkit. Yeah. Speaking of doing no damage, the brawler, the brawler fighting style becomes obsolete almost immediately because there's yeah, like no real way to make that do more damage. Even even if you start leveling up all the way, got things to complain about after the spoiler wall about this fighting style, but man. Well, all right. So you played on legend difficulty. Is that the highest difficulty? I think Inshin is the highest difficulty, but okay. legend is the highest difficulty that has an achievement tied to it, which is okay. why I did it. Okay, fair enough. So I played this game on easy. So total opposite here. Um, and I play all of the brawler Yakuza games on easy um, because I like, frankly, for as much as I love this series, it's not because I love the combat. I think the combat's like pretty mid, sometimes really bad in these games. And so I play them on easy. Um, the reason I do that is because I, I think that these Yakuza games have truly terrible boss fights like yes. throughout the entire series. And in this game, I think they're better. They're still not good, but they solve one of my main problems with the boss fights in the rest of the series where like, they're like, okay, this is a boss fight. How are we going to make this difficult? Okay. He's going to parry everything you do. And he has eight health bars. That's how they design <laughs> boss fights. And that's not how it works in this game. So they're a lot, a lot more manageable on regular difficulties. Was that your experience on, on legend difficulty? They boss fights are so unfathomably unbalanced <laughs> it's it is not fun um yeah i am with you that i really dislike yakuza fighting i genuinely just don't like it. i don't even think it's mid i think it's low i never liked <laughs> any of them it's always a bad point in the game where the cutscene ends and i get into a big fight i'm like i'm upset yeah in this game the boss fights have a really bad habit of i my my health was maxed out and I would regularly get hit twice and instantly killed before I had a chance to react. And <laughs> it didn't matter at what point in the boss fight. It could the boss fight could have just simply started. It could be one second before I was about to kill him. And mm. that was a regular occurrence. And so the more boss fights that you would have to do, the more apparent that became. Because some chapters they're very spread out. And then you get to the last chapter and there's like a hundred in a row. And yeah. So uh <laughs> it's agonizing sometimes. But I even even with that being said, I think these games are still worth playing. Just don't play play on easy. It's totally accept, acceptable to play on those. The only reason oh, I ever yeah. do anything else is because there's an achievement for it and I can't help myself. Yeah. Um this is like an official recommendation from me and Nave agrees. 
play this game on easy, play all Brawler Yakuza games on easy. They just do not do difficulty in an interesting way. It will never happen. So just play it on easy. You're not going to miss anything. You're supposed to be a really powerful character anyway. So just do it. Beat the shit out of those people. But that being said, like, again, I do think that this game's combat system is more fun than pretty much all of them in the series, like all the action combat ones, except for Kiwami 2, I thought was pretty fun. And uh, Yakuza 0 had a couple of fighting stances that I thought were really fun, like the one where you have the baseball bat with Majima. That was fun. Oh, yeah. But for the most part, they're not very good in this game. They're better, still not great. So it's it was an automatic like, oh, okay, turning this to easy. Um, this game introduces a couple of new things. Um, one of them is the uh, introduction of these like troop trading cards that you pick up. Um, you get as rewards for doing like this uh, side thing where you you run these. They feel like procedurally generated missions. I don't think they are, but they're they're very basic missions, um, kind of dungeon crawling missions. You get these backup troops. Uh, you pick up cards with them. Some of them are like real people from real life. Uh, so like YouTubers and uh, other people <laughs> that I don't recognize. I recognize like Alex Mukala, uh, the guy who does like the the funky video game music covers on YouTube. Um, he has a card. Very cool to see him in the game. Uh, so you like assign these to your different buttons and during combat, you can set them to either auto fire or you can use them yourself. And some of them are like a lightning spell or like health regeneration or something like that. I was playing on easy, so I didn't really mess with these because I didn't have to. Oh my but God. <laughs> on legendary, I bet you needed them, right? These things are actual lifesavers. Like I yeah. <laughs> don't know what I would have done without them. So one particular thing they do is they make your health bar larger. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, oh, I needed every hit point that I could possibly have. Another thing, um, I bought the deluxe edition of this game, so I got a good amount of cars to start with. One of which was uh, the girl that Majima uh, is protecting in Yakuza 0, the blind girl. I can't remember oh, her name. Makoto. Yeah. Makoto, that's it. Yeah. Uh, so you get Makoto as a, as a card, and she is a heal who heals like 1250 health whenever she charges up, which is, again, a lifesaver. Yeah. Um, like, quite literally. Uh, but with these cards, there are a lot of different attacks and abilities that you can use, and you can mix and match them as well. There are some... You only get three per, like, stance, but there are some cards that will allow you to have a fourth one. Okay. Um, like, uh, you can have uh, uh, Ichiban from Yakuza 8, like, or Yakuza 7, Like a Dragon. Uh, he buffs your attack and lets you have a fourth character. So I do recommend, if you're going to play on the Legend difficulty, jump for the Deluxe Edition. Pay an extra ten bucks save yourself a lot of like hassle uh -huh. please <laughs> it's worth it with all of these different cards uh you get these different special attacks and they charge whenever you do damage but at the same time they will charge slowly over time so i had i found myself in one situation where 
I was having a really hard time fighting. Like there was like 25 mobs. There's like, this is like late game. There's like a <laughs> bunch of mobs, like eight of them had guns. One of them had this electric thing that if I got hit by it, I get stunned and then instantly guillotined by the bullets that I got shot at me. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> what I did was I stood around the corner and just waited for all four of my things to charge up. Then I would switch stances and wait for the other three to charge up and switch. <laughs> I just did that. And I, I, and then I dodge rolled my way into the middle because you have invincibility <laughs> frame and wild dancer when you do that and then i just let them all go off all at once and then killed everyone in the room with each nice. of them and i was like <laughs> i i was never gonna beat this room other than uh, otherwise it was an insane room yeah um it, it was cool for me when like that there's like an electric attack that like it'll like branch off and hit all the enemies that are nearby. It was always cool when that fired off. But again, I was playing on easy. So it was just kind of like, Oh, it's there uh, instead of, Oh shit. I needed that. Um, but <laughs> sometimes even on easy mode, I still found myself like at low health during some boss fights. So having a healing thing, um, in addition to, you know, if you're a longtime Yakuza fan, you go into new story chapters with an inventory full of uh, drugs to heal yourself, basically. So with all of those things, I was able to get through it. I didn't really do many of the dungeon crawling missions where you like gain new cards and you in combat, your cards level up and stuff. Uh, it was like one RPG layer too many for what I wanted from the game. I don't know if you did because you had to level up your guys to help you get through the game. Absolutely. There were a couple of points in the game where I ran out of health and money and I was like, okay, time to grind. And so okay, I would yeah. go to that. I would go to those mines and start killing people for Literal Rio. Mines. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there's, I had really no choice. I had to get my, I had to get my uh, longevity pulls. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's kind of um, an intro to one of the side activities that you can do in this game. Uh, but like every game in the series, there are a lot of side activities to do, um, chiefly the sub stories, which among fans of the series are famous. These are the side quests that you do. Uh, a lot of times you'll be walking from place to place um, and someone will stop you. A lot of times like on the path from one main story quest to the next main story quest, you'll get stopped to introduce you to side quests. And these are normally one of my favorite things in the Yakuza series, because like the, the grand stories in this series are always these like really melodramatic, serious, uh, self-serious, no, not self-serious. They, they're kind of having fun with it too, but very melodramatic stories. These side stories, these, um, sub stories as they're called are often this, the game's sense of humor and a lot of like the heart in the game, you'll find yourself in really goofy situations. And then at the end, everyone learns like a really amazing lesson together. And it's oh, yeah. cheesy, it's goofy, it's it's heartfelt, all of those things in the sub stories. What did you think of them in Ishin? Um, it's not my favorite uh, group of sub stories. I played a lot of this game, so I went through, I got distracted by a ton of these. Um, are we allowed to talk about some of them or are we spoiler walling the sub stories? Um, I don't know. I mean, you just give one of your favorites. It's not a big deal to spoil a tiny side quest. I think it's it's good to just give some for someone not uh, familiar with Yakuza, maybe yeah. like an insight into these. One of my favorite ones was uh, I walked past this group of children. I don't know if you 
uh, saw this one, but uh, on my way to the Shinsugumi HQ, and they were playing house, and they needed somebody to play with them. So <laughs> I they picked me for some reason, the big scary uh, samurai walking by. Of and course, of course, uh, Ryoma with the heart of gold was like, I, I'm disappointing these children. I have to. They they're the future of Japan. I have to be there for them. <laughs> and so he decides to play house with them, and they decide that he's mom. And uh-huh. so he's going to be the mom of the house. And so he's cooking vegetables. You know, he's like chopping vegetables with his hand, <laughs> pretending. And then he's like, well, how was work, honey, to this other child? <laughs> and he's like, well, this uh, this girl who's playing a samurai comes over and she's like, uh, give me all your rice. I need I need money for a tribute. And he's and the they're like, here's the rice. And he's like, are you stupid? Do you do you disrespect me? Is this all that you have? And and some, but it's like it gets too real and real was like <laughs> i don't like this anymore what is going on here and so whenever they get done playing how well he stands up to the samurai the quotes samurai and uh-huh. uh tells them that the the law the laws are wrong you're misinterpreting things you're you should be ashamed if you're a samurai you're disrespecting all samurai and yada 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 long story short he starts talking to this girl afterwards and she's like are you act- telling the truth that the laws don't work that way and he's like yeah i mean i am a samurai as you can see so i would know the laws about that and she's like but there is a samurai doing that to my family the and so you like well let me see the samurai introduce me to him and you go to her house and the samurai is literally verbatim saying the exact same thing to her dad (laughs) so you proceed to you beat the crap out of him yeah of and, course. <laughs> and he runs away with his tail between his legs learns his lesson all of that and yeah. you you go to talk to the girl like uh you know st- uh stand up for yourself it's some kind of lesson at the end i love of it. course yeah I, I you were telling that story and in my head i was like when is he going to beat the shit out of somebody because that's how these sub- <laughs> these sub stories always end there it is so yeah um it, they they often have like that goofy side and then a heartfelt lesson at the end for all of most of them. One of the ones that you'll meet, it's just another example, is uh, you meet this little kid who's like talking about how he's going to run away from his family. And uh, Ryoma is talking to him. is like, hey, why are you going to run away from your family? He's like, oh, my mom won't let me eat what I want to eat. And you're about to like give them a spiel about like, oh, your mom's just trying to keep you healthy. And uh, the kid's like, I want to eat vegetables and my mom won't let me. So I'm going to run away. So then you have to like, in order to progress the quest, you have to give this kid vegetables every time you pass (laughs) by to make sure that he won't run away from home. And it's just a really sweet, cute, uh, sub story. So like, that's the kind of stuff that you've come to expect from the series or the type of stuff that you should expect if you're new to the series. That being said, I kind of agree with what you first said, Nave. Um, the ones we mentioned aside, uh, a lot of the sub stories were pretty forgettable in this game, kind of by comparison to newer games. And if I had to guess, this game is almost 10 years old now. Um, some of my games with my favorite sub stories in the series, like Yakuza Zero and Like a Dragon, those are a lot yeah. newer. And so. I don't know if they rewrote quests for this game um, because the sub stories in Yakuza three and four are not great either in my opinion. So kind of this era, maybe it wasn't a point of focus to put like writing effort toward these all the time. So it's a mixed bag. There's some that are really cute. Like the one you said, that's, I love that. I didn't do that quest, but I love it. 
And then some of them are pretty forgettable and kind of everything in between. Uh, So they're okay. You should still do them because, like I said, that's where a lot of the heart of this series is, is in those sub stories um, and the humor, too. Uh, I didn't run into a diaper club, which is kind of a staple of the series (laughs) at this point. Um, I didn't run into voice acting for porno, uh, but maybe I just missed it. I'm not sure. Very Um, disappointing. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of other side stuff to do, though. So I'll just turn it over to you, Nave. Other than side quests, what kind of side activities did you spend time doing? Well, we got to bring up the karaoke. Of course. Yeah. So uh, Baka Mitai uh, shows back up and it's a ye old version of it, which is amazing. <laughs> yeah. and, and the cutaway. So all the, there's a gag in, in, in Yakuza where halfway through karaoke songs, there's always a cutaway to like a music video style yeah. thing. And the cutaway for this one is, is simply Kiryu singing it still. But now there's a band behind him and he's got this flute and <laughs> he's playing. And there's one guy in the crowd that he's really connecting with with this song. And the guy just loves it so much. And yeah. It is my favorite. I did not imagine that my favorite Baka Mitai version uh, was going to be in this game, but it yeah. is my favorite one. It's so funny. Yeah, I, I, man, I, I love those karaoke backing videos uh, that have nothing to do with the song. Um, I used to go to karaoke a lot when I lived in Korea, and it was the same thing because it was like the private room karaoke, like in Japan, too. So every time you would sing, they would have those weird ass backing <laughs> music videos. I don't know who makes these things. I don't know if they take like music videos from other songs and just like put them in the background of the song you're singing. I don't know what the fuck's going on with them, but they're hilarious. They never fit anything. They're great. I wish I had so I've never been to karaoke and I have friends who always want to bring me out, but it's like big club karaoke where there's yeah. a million people watching and I'm like, oh, I can't do this. Yeah. No I, I I love that version of it too, but like the version of it where you rent a private room and then just you and cause like when you go to karaoke at a bar, you have to wait like 45 minutes in between singing. And when you get the room with your friends, it's like fucking playing rock band and singing together. You don't yeah. have to wait. You just sing all the songs you want to sing. It's great. Yeah, that's basically been my that's my private room karaoke is inviting my friends for rock band. Night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I heard you uh, I heard you talking about rock band on Friday Night Gamecast recently, and you talked about it as like a karaoke machine. And I was like, holy shit. He's right. Like, I don't even need the instruments. I can just buy Rock Band and have a karaoke machine. That's great. Yeah. And all the songs are only $2 each. So I always encourage it. Those microphones, those like USB microphones are pretty cheap. They're like 25 bucks each, I think, even still. yeah. So uh, other than karaoke, um, I did a lot of, there's a dancing mini game uh, in the theater uh, where Kiryu does a very stylish and graceful dance. Um, It's similar to the dancing mini game from Yakuza 5 with Haruka. I loved that in Yakuza 5, and I loved it in this game too. Um, This game's version of the batting cages is hilarious. You are, someone shoots a cannon at you, (laughs) and you literally just slice the cannonballs out of the air with your sword like fucking Fruit Ninja. I played that until I beat all of the stages. Um, So I didn't do a ton of like side quests, but I did a lot of dancing, a lot of the uh, the Fruit Ninja with cannonballs. didn't really get into gardening much, did you? Oh yeah, I love gardening. Uh, <laughs> I 
there is something it's something so serene about like going fishing and then coming home and then getting all your harvesting all your crops and then making yeah. something and i'm like uh, it's such a good uh, change of pace for this game because it is so serious in the in the story and then it's so goofy with the side stuff and then suddenly having this really calm like no, like natural experience it mm-hmm. i don't know living vicariously in feudal Edo period japan is just nice in it, modern yeah. day you can play this more so than the other yakuza games you could play this as like a slice of life type like i'm gonna go in the city i'm gonna kill a few people in the streets as you do and then <laughs> i'm gonna go fishing then i'm gonna go home to my countryside home uh, do some gardening. There's a cooking mini game that I thought was really fun. Like I love yeah. the cooking mini game and um, yeah, then uh, you know, go to bed and do it all again tomorrow. There's a bunch of pets around the city that you can rescue and have at the home too. Did you rescue yeah. any pets? I didn't. I got the quest to do it and I found there's one side quest with a dog that wouldn't quit barking, but I never finished it. Um, I thought that was really cute. Uh, that quest, but no, I never like rescued a pet other than there's one in the, like the main story, you meet a dog, but he doesn't come back to your house. Yeah. That you, I, you said you're like the, the, the quest where the dog is barking and won't quit is cute, but it's like that dog's going to die <laughs> if it doesn't quit barking. Yeah. So it's, that is a dog that you adopt. All of the animals that you adopt are part of quest lines like that yeah Uh that the most annoying part is that you have to repeatedly go to the pet over and over again and do the thing that it wants you to do the dog in particular you need to have a bone which luckily enough right next door is a pawn shop where you can buy bones so (laughs) you could just kind of farm it that way but there's a cat that keeps falling in the mud yeah i found that one too yeah but you have to keep cleaning it so that's why i never finished that quest you there's another cat that is a lucky cat and you have to give it money and every time you <laughs> give it money it comes back with something terrible but there's always a guy nearby <laughs> hyping it up it's it's Hell really yeah. funny uh i i just i was laughing at the idea of um a pawn shop selling bones uh, i'm yeah. not sure <laughs> who's who's pawning a bone to the pawn shop life, the, life is the, tough how what are you getting one like little what is the, i don't even know what the Whatever the lowest unit of currency is, you're getting half of that for just like a random ass bone at the pawn shop. (laughs) That's questionable. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Any other side activities worth noting here? Uh, The so with the cannon thing, you get the you can use the sword batting cage style. You can also like skeet shoot with your gun. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I I much prefer the skeet shooting because there's no depth perception required in that. Yeah, that one's just a rhythm game, basically. <laughs> oh, that's why I like it, essentially. Yeah, because you're, you're the rhythm game guy, for sure. Yeah, that one was fun. So, yeah, let's um, let's take our uh, final music break here, um, come back, talk about the music presentation and stuff like that, and then um, wrap up before spoiler time. So Like a Dragon Ishin, we talked about this before, but um, this, uh, you know, for game coming out today, it doesn't really look like 
you know, a quote-unquote next-gen game. It looks like Yakuza 6 and Kiwami 2 and uh, Like a Dragon. It looks like all of those games, but it does look really good, especially when you get in the cutscenes, like the fully rendered cutscenes, the ones where you can see every pore on people's faces and everything else is really <laughs> lovingly made. Um, I want to shout out, uh, you have a lot of cutscenes where people are talking to each other or... Um, if you are Ryoma kind of um, not talking, but reacting with facial expressions and all of that yeah. capture is really great. Uh, so like people's lip syncing always is on point. Um, I always play these games with Japanese dialogue and subtitles for English because the Japanese voice acting is always so good. But all of those facial animations too, like someone like furrows their brow or kind of does like a, that tiny little like grin or something like, you know, like that anime smirk or something like that. It's always really, really good. It's incredible. And it, again, I have to touch back on how they reca- they recast a lot of these characters. They had to recapture all of this and do all of the voice acting all over again. And mm-hmm. that's just so much love and care. And uh, it's much appreciated, especially for people like me and you who like to play this in Japanese, like with the authentic, uh, legendary uh uh, style that they've all that they've come to like the the melodrama and everything i love it so much yeah as far as the visuals are concerned uh this game is known for its cinematography and that is definitely apparent in this and i love the feudal japan uh aesthetic i love the the samurai aesthetic and the ninjas running running around doing stuff i love seeing stuff on fire and i love everything about their uh, their style their ability to capture scenes and moods and tones with just a like a dutch angle at the right time while mm-hmm. someone's saying the right line and then the thunder happens and i'm just like oh i love yeah. it so much <laughs> all it's that stuff's so great yeah and like a lot of times stuff like that will happen as like a boss fight is beginning um to kind of set the stage for a big boss fight uh, maybe the place you're in is on fire and it'll they'll frame it up real nice before the boss fight starts. Um, all that stuff's great. Uh, that's in like the fully rendered cutscenes. Um, we still have like the three types of cutscenes. Um, the other two types are the ones where you have voice acting, but everyone's just standing around talking to each other uh, with the text boxes. And then a lot of those conversations where it's just text and no voice acting. Um, this game, I, I think, just has too much dialogue to fully voice act everything. I mean, the studio is, like, I think they're doing pretty good now. They've got two main series going at the same time now, but they're still not like, you know, this isn't fucking like uh, Rockstar or something like that, you know, voice acting yeah. all their stuff. I think it's important, too, because it's like, kind of the style now at this point where there's like four different versions of uh dialogue that you could have with this full uh, like fully uh fully realized cinematic cutscene with voice acting or the half cutscene with voice acting but still mm-hmm. has the dialogue box there then the dialogue box coming across the screen which is like <laughs> classic PlayStation 3 PlayStation 2 era anyways and then you have the and each one has its own like unique quirks about it too where like some of the funny like there's like 
stock movements that they all like there's like 400 different movements that the character can do with different voice lines and sometimes like you like they have the hand raising or they do the hand moving in the front of in front of them and Mm -hmm. i don't know there's something really charming when you've kind of like grown to love this stuff over 500 hours of playing Yeah. yeah definitely used to it um at this point um but those Full cutscenes are always really good. Always enjoyed those. Um, the music in this game uh, is composed by two people who have the main credit, uh, Chihiro Aoki and Hidenori Shoji. Um, this is kind of when you're in battles and boss fights and stuff, it's the it's the usual pumped up Yakuza battle music. Uh, a lot less electronic than uh, Like a Dragon's soundtrack was, more replaced in this game by traditional or maybe era appropriate instruments and stuff like that too. A little bit less electric guitar and rock and electronic stuff, but still a lot of music that's there to to get you pumped up. Yeah, it's definitely like that workout style of music. And I think, <laughs> I'm not sure, I just don't really connect so much with the music or maybe the music is so good that it like incorporates itself into the scene to the point where I don't notice it, which is like, what is it that in brutal legends like if you're if you're a good roadie then no one will even know you're there maybe that's mm-hmm. kind of how the <laughs> the the music is supposed to be in the middle of action sequences like that yeah it, it's definitely not it's not one of those game soundtracks where you're going to play it for a while and then be humming melodies later it's it's just this series has never been about that it's a lot more cinematic soundtracks and then those battle tracks are usually a lot more um amped up like i said in in like a dragon it was like straight up like electronic uh i don't have better vocabulary for it but <laughs> yeah um but the music is good it's always good and uh, all the songs they put in for the dancing mini game and for karaoke and stuff that's always great always great to hear your uh voice actors singing during karaoke always love that because they they act it like they're doing karaoke um it, it's really fun so yeah, um, good time to get into some final thoughts and recommendations about Like a Dragon Ishin. So Nave, who would you recommend this game to? I would recommend it to anybody who has an eclectic taste in media, anybody who like reaches for a bunch of different styles, uh, of different genres of games. Um, anyone who enjoys brawlers is going to enjoy the combat particularly. Um, but even if you don't enjoy brawlers, which is it seems like Dave is in that boat, I also mm-hmm. do not really enjoy the brawler uh, archetype. But I really enjoy the drama, the twists and the turns that these stories are capable of. And even though I've played so many of them and I'm fully aware that these things are going to happen, I, there are still so many, oh my God, moments happening. Yeah. <laughs> and even at this point in my life where I'm... I'm just waiting for something terrible to happen, but and even when it happens, I'm still surprised by it. I do recommend it to people who are into mini games and stuff like that, which are just right in the wheelhouse of Sega. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know who's not playing these games these days who wasn't even vaguely interested. But if you, if any of this conversation has piqued your interest, you've got to, you've got to do yourself a favor and play these. I think a lot of the Yakuza games are still on Game Pass if you're playing on the Xbox camp. But I think these games are worth uh, the price of entry, just bare minimum, because they're going to get time. Yeah, um, so that's a good point. So one major like 
subset of people that I would recommend this to and the Yakuza series in general to are people who love endless side content. Like if you if you want to just spend like 200 hours doing everything in a game, um, doing all these mini games that we talked about, gardening and karaoke and dancing and all of that stuff, um, then you're going to enjoy this because a lot of that stuff is pretty good. Um, obviously, it goes without saying, if you're a huge fan of the series, the Yakuza series, then this is going to give you those things that you like about the series. Um, if you're not a fan like if you don't like the Yakuza games, I don't think you're going to like this because it's it doesn't do anything different except the setting, in my opinion. And the combat's a little bit better. That's about it. But for fans of the series, this is a kind of a no-brainer. Like you like the series, you're going to like this to some degree. Um, even if I said it's not my favorite, not in my top half, it's still a game that I enjoyed playing. So that that's kind of the groups of people I would recommend it to. Yeah, it's weird when you talk about the Yakuza. It's like if I had to make a tier list of Yakuza games, I would. It would be like the S rank would be divided into sub ranks. So it's like S S S A S B, and then it would go to A and B, and that's it. There's nothing below B. Yeah, I've I've said this in the past, but the Yakuza series is kind of remarkable because I'm I've now played nine of the games. I liked all nine of them. Uh, to varying <laughs> degrees there's some that i think are like just fine enjoyable games but not super memorable and then it goes like from that like a a seven out of ten all the way up to like my favorites in the series and it's kind of crazy to me the more games they put out with this consistent level of quality they should be commended for it because like what other game series can you think of that is going on 10 entries now where they're all good Definitely Pretty not rare. Halo. <laughs> yeah, like not Final <laughs> Fantasy. So um, it, it's really remarkable. So again, if you're a fan of the series, no brainer, play it. Um, what do you think, Nave? For someone who's never played a Yakuza game, would this be a good place to start? Would you send them elsewhere? I This would be a fine place to start if you're more interested in the Edo period, like if you're interested in Samurais and stuff like that. But if that's your bang that this would be a good introductory point to the style of game that Yakuza is, but you are definitely going to be disappointed when you finish this and re-remember that all the other games are taking place in relatively modern day. Yeah. Um, but this is, I always say to people that this, it's like, if you don't like Japanese, super Japanese things or like anime or anything like that, this is a great entry point for that kind of person as well. Cause this is super anime without being anime at all. You know what I yeah. mean? A lot of the same um, same tropes and character archetypes and stuff, but obviously much different presentation. Yeah, I I don't think I would recommend this to someone who's brand new to the series unless, like you said, they really want this kind of samurai setting. If you don't care about the setting, if you want the modern day setting or this one, then my recommendation still to play Yakuza Like a Dragon or Yakuza 0. Yes, for sure. I would probably stick with Zero because Like a Dragon is is similar to this game where you beat that game and you're like, okay, but there's no more of this. Right, (laughs) right. So yeah, uh, a little housekeeping before we get into spoilers here. Um, I mentioned at the top, you're uh, one of the two hosts of Gaming Together. And um, I'm going to put links down in the show notes for Gaming Together so everyone can find the podcast easily. But 
Is there anywhere else you would like people to uh, to find you? Social media, stuff like that? Uh, our main social media is on Twitter at GameTogetherPod. And we're over there just memeing and just uh, talking <laughs> talking as much goofy nonsense as we can on any of the latest news, especially if it's about Activision, Blizzard, and Sony and all of that stuff. I uh-huh. really love ruffling feathers over there about that. <laughs> we... Uh, don't take anything I say seriously over there, please. We also use Instagram. That's mostly just uh, an early look at our thumbnails, which are always take a lot of my time. They're always very goofy. They're or, great. or yeah, uh, some silly videos of us playing games or memes or something. Instagram's a lot less interactive with us, but it's a good insight as to how dumb we are behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah, um, you guys are a fun follow on both of those places. Um, especially on Twitter, like you said, stir in the pot. I'm here for it. I know that you don't actually care in your heart of hearts. So just stir in the <laughs> pot's fun. So yeah, again, I'll plug, I will say everyone should listen to gaming together. Um, it's a really fun podcast. I, I enjoy, uh, the energy that you have and Phillips attempts to keep it on track every now and then, uh, great times. So recommended to everybody again, check down in the show notes while I'm doing my plugs for my stuff. Uh, just load up a couple episodes of gaming together. And um, I was on there talking about Fall Guys last year. So if you want to hear me on there, that's a good place to start. Uh, so yeah, gaming together, check it out. Uh, for me, um, same plugs as always, I guess. Uh, join the Patreon if you would like to support monetarily. I appreciate everyone who does. Everyone who doesn't, I still love you too. Don't worry. Um Joining the Discord server is a great way to join the community that we built here uh, for this show and a top three podcast, which is my other show. We would love to have everyone in the Discord server. I would love to just spend this whole week talking Yakuza with people. Uh, It's one of my favorite series, if you can't tell. So I'm here to talk about it. Uh, We'd love to have you. Um, Otherwise, leaving a rating and review, as always, is a great way to show support to this podcast and to gaming together. Helps out a lot. So Nave and I are going to take a break, and when we come back, full spoiler time for Like a Dragon, Ishin. Okay, Nave and I are back, and it's time for full spoilers for Like a Dragon, Ishin. And, you know, this story has all of the twists and turns that you might expect from this game and like so i'm what what i'm not gonna do is do like a beat by beat walkthrough of the story um we can just kind of talk about our favorite twists and turns talk about boss fights that gave us trouble or were cool in in some way um and then you know anything else other specific side quests if you want to talk about that so uh, i'll just kind of like set up what's going on at the beginning after um, what I said in the non-spoiler part. So Ryoma goes to Kyo, he takes on an alias. Uh, so for the rest of the game, you are going as uh, Hajime Saito and kind of snooping around. And you get the idea to join the um, the Shinsengumi, which are a military group. They're loyal to the emperor, um, trying to restore the emperor's power. Like we said in the non-spoiler part, that's what happened in real life. So if you're aware of that, you know where this story is going. But the key thing about the Shinsengumi is they are the practitioners of that um, Tenen Rishin sword fighting style. So that's why he wants to join. He doesn't, in the game, 
He doesn't really care about the emperor. He's joining and following their cause because he's just trying to track down who killed his adopted father. Uh, and the Shinsengumi are where you meet all your old buds from the old Yakuza games. So Majima's there. His name is uh, Okita Soji in this game. Uh, Saejima's there. His name is Nagakura Shinpachi in this game and so on. All your buddies are there. Um, so uh, the, I forget his name too, the Chinese guy from Yakuza 6 and Like a Dragon. I can't remember that guy's yeah, name. Yeah, he's he's there too. Literally all of them. And then um, I noticed um, Akechi from Like a Dragon. He's uh, helping you out too during the game. So like when you meet your um, Shinsengumi friends, that's when you're going to see all these familiar faces. So like walking into the barracks and seeing like, oh shit, it's Majima and Saijima. Everyone's here. That was like really cool. Yeah, it is incredible. And it's it's not only uh, relegated to the Shinsengumi, but it's also like, like um, whenever you run into Akiyama, he's just uh, a random guy. And then the, it, the, the other dragon in Yakuza 2, I can't remember his name. Uh, but he, the, uh, the big bad in Yakuza two, he yeah. is another character that's huge in the storyline and all of that yeah, stuff. He's, he's from like a rival faction. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, of course, uh, Nishiki from zero and, uh, the first game, he's one of your antagonists in the game too. So it's like literally just like naming down the hits. And, uh, we kind of mentioned too uh, one of the antagonists pretty late in the game is Kuze who was one of the more memorable antagonists from Yakuza 0. So it's like this kind of like seeing all your friends. Um, We talked about it in the non-spoiler part, but now that we're not worried about saying who's who and who's good and who's bad, like it's really cool. Yeah, especially because, you know, this game is built on betrayals and a lot and uh, hard fought alliances towards the end. And some people betray the betrayals and come back around to the right side. It's, it's so fun to see all of these characters in a new light, like re and like, and, and interacting with characters they've never interacted with before. Cause like yeah. I said a couple of times, having the new characters from like a dragon, like a catchy and uh, the Chinese guy that joins you uh, in there interacting with Majima and, uh, and uh, Kuze and Date. And it's like, Oh, it's so cool. It's so cool. Yeah. Um, so one of like the first big plot beats that it's like one of the first of many surprises and betrayals and double identities and stuff is um, you, Ryoma, going by uh, Saito now. You are using this alias as Saito. You're hiding your real name, Ryoma, but then someone else in town is going by Sakamoto Ryoma and killing people. And so you start again, I think this happened in a couple of the other Yakuza games too, but like people start blaming you for the crimes that your imposter was doing. Um, and this kind of starts to uh, blow your cover up with the Shinsengumi. And it's kind of funny how like the way this resolves, because like this could be a really dangerous situation in like, let's say this is a mafia movie and someone's like a mole in the mafia and the mob finds out. And then they're going to like fucking like break every bone in his body. Right. Well, in this game, they find out, but like you beat them all in a fight, like in like sequentially throughout the first (laughs) half of the game. So by the time everyone's like, you're not who you said you were. We can't do anything about it, though, because we can't beat you up. <laughs> <laughs> so 
it's so it is so funny because you you do end up beating people multiple times you end up fighting multiple of them and uh yeah it's so funny that the the way that things play out because your cover is blown immediately like you don't know this until the end like close to the end of the game but your cover's right away blown yeah. And it's it's obvious when you're playing the it's like the t- attention Ryu person killed your father and you fought the person that killed your father or you know your adopted father and you you are at the place where the tension Ryu are the only place where they are obviously one of them has seen you before yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you kind of go through and you get accepted in and they're like in fact you're so good how about you be a captain and you're like oh things are going really well it's because they want to <laughs> keep an eye on you yeah. It's, <laughs> And so it should be obvious that your cover was blown, but you, things go so well that you kind of just forget about that. And there's so the games are so dense with all of this intrigue and subterfuge and, and yeah. betrayal. It's like <laughs> you just kind of like some of these loose ends just get forgotten about. And then suddenly the, the developers pull on one and you're just like, oh, I forgot about that. And here we are in this situation because yeah. so did Ryoma. He also forgot about that. I really wonder if it's like, um, if it's me, it's just like, I've said a lot of times on the show that when I'm playing a game like this or when I'm watching a movie or something like that, if there's a twist coming, I don't, I'm never, um, prepared for it. I, I will always get caught by a twist. I'm never like thinking ahead, but in this game, because I have history with the series, I'm playing this and I'm thinking like I actually wrote in my notes like I can feel a big thing coming here like something <laughs> is coming up um now it turned out that it's not just one big thing it was like six plot twists <laughs> in typical yakuza game fashion uh but yeah it's uh another thing I thought was really funny is the first half of the game you're like you're in the shinsengumi and you're trying to find who it was that killed your adopted father and Basically, all of them say it was me. I did it. Majima <laughs> says it. Saijima says it. The leader, when you finally catch up with him and yeah, get to Kondo. meet him, he says he did it. None of them did it. Uh, and you find out, you only find out by just fighting them. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting because it shows how loyal they are to each other, that they're willing to fight and die for the person who actually did it. And I mean, this jumps a little further ahead, but what's really interesting is that this whole game, it's it's, the moral of the whole game is that Ryoma is hell bent on revenge, but that is literally just the most destructive thing he could possibly be doing. He's tearing everyone around him apart. He's tearing his relationships with everyone apart. He's tearing himself apart. And when he goes on the mend and he starts helping these two people fix their broken bridge and get over what's like the get over their vengeance quest. Yeah. That in a, in turn results in him not being able to actually get revenge anymore. You know, <laughs> it like suddenly his vengeance quest is impossible to pursue. And he learns his, he learns like why he was actually, uh, looking for vengeance in the first place, rather than instead instead of vengeance, he wanted the truth. You know, yeah. yeah. Which <laughs> these games are full of like people learning lessons about the nature of revenge and stuff like that, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so one of the big next big plot twists is you get a letter that says that your brother um, is dead. Uh, he had a brother at the beginning of the game. His name is uh, Takechi. Uh, yeah, Takechi Hanpeta is his name. 
Um, he's dead, apparently. But if you played a Yakuza game, like as soon as I saw this, I was like, he's not dead. I didn't see him die. He's not dead. So, <laughs> Sometimes you even see them die and yeah, they're not dead. <laughs> many times. Many times. Um, so you get a letter that says he's dead. Uh, Ryoma gets like really sad about this. You have a mission where you go out and just get super fucking drunk. Um, you awesome. save a dog from these street punks. Um, I think this is the mission where you you end up going drinking with like the two other uh, leaders, um, Akiyama and uh, the dude from Yakuza 2. Oh, Ryuji Goda is his name in Ryuji, Yakuza yeah. 2. Yeah, that's the mission. That was really funny. Um, you're out just being a sad sack drinking, and then you see your two enemies, basically. And you're like, we're just going to fucking drink together, and then we're going to go to karaoke together. We're going to have a good time, and we're going to save a dog in the process. And then, like, I think he gets laid at the end of the night, which would be like the only time Kiryu's ever had sex in the whole series, I think. <laughs> Canonically. Yeah. <laughs> I think the best part about that, though, is like you don't just go out drinking with the boys. You have to fist fight them both first. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, because that's how people come to understandings in this world is you have to fight each other first. <laughs> It's so funny. And the best part is, is that so the Katsuga and Saigo, the two, they're two like leaders of different factions that are kind of not friend on friendly terms with one another. They so they're not wanting to be seen with each other, but they respect Sai, uh, uh, they respect you so much, uh, Sakura Ryoma, that yeah. they uh, are following you until you're done drinking and you're giving them this whole speech about what you've learned about vengeance and how you should bury the hatchet. And then they turn and look at each other and they're like, I don't know if I can bury the hatchet. And they're just talking for like two minutes straight. And then they look at Sakoto, uh, uh, they look at uh, uh, Sakamoto Ryoma and he's just like, like yeah, passed, passed out. out. Yeah. <laughs> you just reminded me the first time you meet, um, I, I don't know his name in this game. It's so hard to remember. Saigo. Um, who is Ryuji Goda in Yakuza 2. The first time you meet him is like early in the game, you're in a bathhouse and you yeah. have a boss fight against him and you're like, you were in the the hot tub, um, like the hot spring when the boss fight starts. So you're naked during the fight and it just has little steam clouds covering your junk as you're fighting him. It's, it's very so funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, can I, even, I was streaming it and I was like, can I stream this? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't even know for sure. <laughs> Yeah, that's really good. Um, yeah, I guess before getting into like revelations and what you do at the end of the game, is there any other stuff from like this, you know, beginning, middle portion of the game that's noteworthy you want to talk about? I think the a lot of the intrigue between I like how the game presents itself early on where it's kind of just you just have a list of people that you have confirmed uh, that, you know, confirmed use ten, the tension Ryu or what is the the, the tension Rishin. <laughs> all these words are getting mixed up in my head <laughs> the sword fighting style so you're yeah. kind of just like fighting them and you you think that that's how it's going to go it's like okay each chapter i'm maybe i'm just gonna fight one of them and then cross one off the list but very quickly some start dying before you can fight them and stuff like that so it's i i really like how much the game mixes up the the rhythm of the story um, yeah. And it continues to do that throughout the entirety of the story. And I also like there are divergence in characters from their counterparts in Yakuza towards the end. Like I like this is like towards the end of the middle portion of the game. But you see 
Okita, the guy who's being played by Majima, you see him cry. And I'm like, whoa. Like, it's so interesting seeing that character with tears in his eyes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. We haven't seen that since, um, like, Yakuza 0, I think. Yeah, which is the prequel to the first game. And then that's right. it. <laughs> like, <laughs> now he's the mad dog. Yeah. And he's he's still mostly the mad dog in this game, too. So it was cool to see that again. And yeah, like you said, like, so you're kind of get that feeling, like you said, like, okay, this game's going to have 20 chapters in it. I'm going to fight one of these 10 guys in each chapter. And then the last one I fight is going to be the one who actually killed my dad. And that's not what happens. And instead of doing that, you get like a history lesson on how the Shinsengumi was was founded, uh, yeah. how they they used to be like this kind of ragtag group. Um, one of them who is another ex-villain from the Yakuza series. I can't remember who they were, uh, which game they were from, but... Which one was it? Genzaburo. Inoue Genzaburo. Um, the one with the big scar. Oh, he is... Uh, he's not an in, He's not an enemy. He's a... Uh... He's like the surrogate uncle for Kiryu. I can't oh, remember. Is he? Yeah, yeah, I can't remember where he came from. He's fr- he's in all of the games essentially. He's like a character that's always around. He's even in like a Dragon Engine, or uh, I mean, like a Dragon Yakuza Seven. He's like one of the only characters that comes back. Man, I can't remember his name either. Why are these wikis formatted differently for each <laughs> character? Yeah, it's odd. But anyway, um. That guy turns out he was like a master assassin, even though everyone was giving him shit for being old during the um, like the events of the game. He used to be like this this real sword master. He's the one who killed your father, um, but then he dies before you get a chance to um, get revenge or something like that. And you get the whole backstory of how they were founded and why they hate the um, the shogun and stuff like that. So. In typical Yakuza fashion, like giving you this huge exposition that you had no idea was coming, but was kind of cool <laughs> to see. Yeah, so. I really like it because, I, I mean, I really like the Inoue thing because it explains a couple. I knew something was up with him. Yeah. But I didn't really assume that it was him who had killed your dad, even though the list was getting smaller and smaller by the time his death comes around, because mm-hmm. he's always the one that's got your back. There's even a moment where, cause you know, uh, Ryoma doesn't want to kill anybody, but they force him to start. They force him to kill the person who knows that you have been snooping around looking for the, the sword style users and everything talking to informants and stuff like that. And, that guy, before you cut him down, he was about to spill the beans that you were going around talking to informants, which makes you look suspicious. And then Inoue strikes him down from behind. And everyone's confused because not only does Inoue never really want, never really do that, but it's also because there was a direct order that Ryoma's the one that executes that guy. And Inoue's just like, that guy was making a disgrace of himself, even in front of just us. He, we, he shouldn't have disgrace the shinsugumi like that or something like that some you know bs answer and now you know <laughs> after the fact whenever you talk with uh okita the majima character uh that he kind of felt guilty that he felt guilty because he killed your father and now you're on this vengeance quest and he respects you because you're such a skilled sword fighter and stuff like that it's like yeah. he, he he wanted to kind of redeem himself in your eyes 
I don't know, not to save his skin, but just simply for honor's sake, maybe. I don't know. But it's yeah, that's really a, cool. <laughs> that's a driving force for why people do what they do in these games, right? <laughs> so <laughs> not only do we get that, like that big, we find out who killed dad and stuff like that. But the um, the person who ordered the hit on your father was the other Sakamoto Ryoma, who turns out to be your brother, who's not dead. Like tons of plot twists all at the same time because this is a Yakuza game. We're going to turn the whole fucking thing on its head. Um, and the uh, the cute girl at the end that Kiryu, I think, slept with, um, she was kind of ratting on him the whole time too. She was spying. Yeah. So like, if I'm going to learn a lesson from this, the next Yakuza game I play, whoever is being really nice to you the whole game, they're the bad guy. That's what the <laughs> twist is going to be, or they're going to be in on it somehow. And it's funny too, because it's not always like, because some of them just get redeemed at the end too, because, because Kiryu always just, it just forgives them. He wins them over and then they have like a moment of mutual respect and they, they walk their separate ways. <laughs> it's so funny. I think, I think the, uh, the reveal of that, who Sakamoto Ryoma is as well, because I had a good feeling that Sakamoto Ryoma was the brother as well. Cause it's like the brother's dead. Now suddenly there's somebody using your name. Who else would know your name is what uh, might went through my head. I'm like, like it's probably my brother or maybe it's the, I was thinking it was going to be the Nishiki character as well. Maybe. Cause that was a possibility as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but whenever you see the Sakamoto Ryoma character in the, and he's got the, the mask on his face and then you cut the back of his shirt and it shows that scar. Uh, yeah. My girlfriend was sitting there next to me and I just go, ah! just start screaming. <laughs> and, and she's like, oh my God, what's happening? I don't know. And I'm just like, you don't understand. You know? Uh, and it these- always gets you. Yeah, it always does. About the only plot twist that doesn't happen is your dad doesn't come back to life. That was like the only thing that could have happened that didn't happen as far as plot twists go. Yeah, and like he's somehow the mastermind villain and ah. Yeah, so yada, yada, yada. You initially, uh, Ryoma was not down with the, um, the plot to take down the Shogun and reinstate the Emperor, but you find out, you find yourself doing that. So you have a storming the castle uh, quest you go on, which is one of the better dungeons that the series has ever done. I think it's like a fucking <laughs> trick room, uh, dungeon, a lot of, uh, crazy stuff, like a lot of puzzles, um, pretty fun. Um, and then you fight the Shogun and it gets like super fucking anime. He like shoots laser beams at you and like shoots yeah. fire and stuff. It was really cool boss fight. Um, <laughs> he is using some of the uh, deluxe edition cards. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like he is using some of those. Oh, like straight up, like the yeah, same animations up. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we would shoot fight. We would, because sh- I was using that laser beam attack as well. And when in the wild dancer fighting styles. So we would like sometimes shoot the Kamehameha's at each other. And then yeah. whoever shot second is the one that actually started hitting. Because yeah. those iframes that you get from those are, they help a whole lot. Mm-hmm. I just want to talk about the cinematography of this fi- of this whole area as well, especially the yeah. fight with the Shogun. Oh my lord, is it super cool? It's good. You're in and like then, this um this really badass like boss arena. Like 
very impractical for a real ruler to hang out in a room like this, but like for a boss fight, it's super badass. Like the, the elevator that goes up 50 stories yeah. <laughs> yeah. to the only thing it's there is the throne room. Yeah. Yeah. I love it so much though. It's super cool. And then, um, so like we have our final mission. Um, someone is planning to like help the British invade Japan and like make Japan a British colony. Um, again, this part of the story is also that there are these like foreign invaders, um, coming or like they're not here right now, but they will be. And so like, there's kind of like fear mongering about foreigners for a lot of the game. Um, and then it turns out that like someone is trying to make this happen. So, um, you're going to go to um, Takechi's stronghold in Tosa because Takechi is back, your brother. He's back. Um, not only is he back, but he's like got gray hair and he's evil now. Um, the oh, whole kind of evil uh, turn. There's one thing before that happens. Um, yeah. You you go back to Kyo and it's on fire. That's right. Yeah, the city's on fire. And that was a cool, um, also very cool visually. Yeah, it, it's and it changes the rest. Of, it changes how Keo looks for the rest of the game. Everything's kind of charred and stuff like that. And turns out it's like I don't remember who gave the order, but it was under the impression that Kondo did it. To which it was a previous that was a previous plan. And yeah. using the knowledge that that was a previous plan, uh, you were able to out the other three people. The, there's only like seven people left in the Shinsugumi at this point. Everyone else has been killed or executed or whatever, murdered. Yeah. And you use that to uh, out the guy who's Kuze and then the other guy from Yakuza Zero, who's also an, a bad guy. Um, you out those two and then also the Chinese guy uh, for being uh, betrayers and in yeah. on the in on the invasion from the British and it's really cool that all of that kind of intrigue and stuff. Yeah, that was cool. And again, like that part where the city is set on fire, that's really awesome. So I think it's before you like stage the assault on Takechi's um, like fort or whatever. But there's a very funny, it's it's totally optional, but you're back at the Shinsengumi headquarters and you're like, preparing to go out on this last mission and you can go talk to your boys at the uh the barracks and all of them will say like hey we're about to go like on a suicide mission you want to fight one last time like a very anime thing is that optional yeah like you i don't think you have to fight them i couldn't oh my god (laughs) oh so you're saying you couldn't so maybe it's not I don't know. I didn't try to not do it. I just the op the 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 little option the mission objectives were on each of them, so I assumed I had to do it. Oh, okay. Maybe you do have to fight them. Like I maybe I maybe I'm misremembering that you can just say like say no, I don't want to fight again well, or something. You could say no, and then they're just like, All right, talk to me when you're ready, and then it, oh, you, okay. you have nowhere to go but talk gotcha. to them again. So it's not optional. So it is a mandatory <laughs> extremely um extremely yakuza extremely anime type thing like we're about to go die you want to fight one last time yeah except for what's his name who you fight for the first time who is very hard now let me explain so again i'm playing on legend difficulty right yeah and i this is my time crunch time like i had to beat this game today i was on chapter (laughs) 13 like almost done with chapter 13 i was like i can beat this today easy peasy i've got five hours no big deal (laughs) (laughs) 
I didn't know that the last chapter had three boss fights right at the right off the jump. Then you yeah. had to do a really long dungeon littered with boss fights throughout, and yeah. then a really, really, really hard three phase boss fight at the end, and <laughs> all on one inventory of healing items. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's that's really really intense. I had two full inventories of the best. I think it's the best healing item, the longevity pills, which you have to do an entire like side mission story arc for just mm-hmm. on its own. And I used one entire inventory thing there, and I was like, should I? Uh, there's seven more slots. Should I go get more? Nah, I'll be all right. There's not going to be eight more boss fights on the way. To the- <laughs> Famous last words. Yeah, never do that in Yakuza games, everyone. Always fill that inventory up. Always, always. Yeah, we were texting today, and like I saw, like on Discord gives you away, they're like, Nave is playing like a dragon Isha. And I was like, there's a lot of boss fights. You're playing on high difficulty. Like, do you want to do this tomorrow? And you're like, no, I got this. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. (laughs) So you did it. Yeah, just barely. Like, right. So we were going to record at six. You're like, hey, are we good? And I was like, I'm watching the last cutscene, which is like 25, <laughs> 30 minutes long. Yeah. So before we get into that final dungeon, you talked about cinematography. There is a great, like the four of you, you, Majima, Saijima, and one other guy, I can't remember, like walking slowly, like badass style up to the castle. Uh, really cool shot right there. Yeah. It's a Mine from Yakuza 3. Okay. Yeah. So all of you all walking up uh, about to storm the castle is cool. And so like you all go in together and then you get in these boss fights and one by one, um, all your buddies are like, no, I'll stay back. I'll fight this guy. You continue. And so um, eventually it's just you and Majima, I think. And um, you fight the British guy who's like the arms dealer, like the kind of mastermind behind this kind of plan to take over Japan who's you have all these Japanese it's always such a funny like juxtaposition you have all these Japanese names and then Thomas (laughs) Glover is your boss fight and And the best part is that these they always read because it's a Japanese person saying it so he's like Thomas Glover and I'm like (laughs) but it's so funny and they're speaking perfect Japanese yeah even Thomas Glover who's you know, a, a British military, you know, officer or something like that, just speaking incredible Japanese. And then sometimes they speak English too, but it's like they didn't get like a British person to do the voice <laughs> acting. So it's, it's really funny. So you fight Thomas Glover and then Majima's like, I'll hang back, I'll fight him. And then you go off alone to fight um, your brother, basically. Which that fight with Thomas Glover is egregious. On legendary it? difficulty yes so you know what happened i i died probably like 28 times on that fight and you know <laughs> like maybe 15 of those times you know what happened i would wa- hmm. run forward really fast because i always had my kamehameha charged up i would run forward to try and get in position to shoot my kamehameha and then i'd get shot riddled with bullets and then instantly mm-hmm. die like i wouldn't there's no way to like you would instantly die like almost always right at the beginning of that fight because on the back there's two there's two miniguns which crossfire by the way that's a horrible position to set up the miniguns pointing directly at your own team but yeah that fight is really hard guns are egregious in this game they will kill you so fast guns are awful for enemies in every yakuza game like 
all of them, you get to like the last dungeon. There's a bunch of dudes with guns or like, God forbid the final boss has a gun. Um, (laughs) Again, I was playing on easy because I know I'm not, I knew at the beginning of the game, I didn't want to deal with whatever was going to come up. So I think I just like stun lock Thomas Glover to death, which is yeah, very, it's fitting to, uh, to have this like foreign invader, go up against like this badass samurai Ryoma and I just like beat the shit out of him like no problem. And then um you go on and you fight Takechi. Um this like another beautiful like uh boss arena. You're at, like the top of like this temple. Um like a Japanese temple. Uh really, really cool. Um you fight him, uh, you you beat him, but then you can't kill your own brother, of course, because Ryoma uh he won't do that. And then um everyone has this like moment of understanding where Takechi's like, no, I, I can't save Japan through the use of force. And, uh, uh, I'll, I will tell you the mastermind of the plan. Um, because after beating the shit out of each other for hours, we've come to this understanding. Yeah. There's some, I have a phobia of hearing important information, but not being able to see behind the character giving me important information in mm-hmm. Yakuza. <laughs> like I like always expecting the gunshot. Yep. And so that's what happens. Uh, the, guy who, <laughs> <laughs> the guy who is in charge uh, is named Yodo uh, arrives and shoots both of you, uh, Ryoma and Takechi. Uh, and this is the person who is going to basically allow the British to take over Japan. They said that, uh, they like I don't know, his rationale was something about like Japan will never advance without this some bullshit like that. We need to be a colony of uh, of Britain. So yeah, we're gonna do that. Ryoma obviously um, can't stand for that, and uh, he actually does kill this guy. So cool, good yeah, job, just Ryoma. Not before all your buddies show up to so that you make sure that they're not dead. Yeah, yeah. Again. Yakuza game. If you don't see somebody die, they didn't die. They're they're coming back. So uh yeah, you come back, you get like a wrap-up on the story, which basically like makes an attempt to wrap these events into setting up what actually happened in Japanese history. So like they tie this up and like say this is what helped bring on the Meiji Restoration. And the uh the emperor is back in power in Japan. And then you have a happy ending for Ryoma. He decides to keep living as Saito, which was his alias, and just kind of retire to the countryside. I hope that means going back to the house with um, Haruka and just fucking farming and fishing for the rest of his life. Well, he was with Oreo, uh, Oreo, right? Which is someone we haven't even brought up yet. Oh, yeah. Well, we did bring her up. She's the one who betrayed him um, in the beginning. But yeah, he's um, he's with her. uh, So... Again, unlike Kiryu in that way, he's going to be in a relationship, I think. Yeah, incredible character development. Yeah. <laughs> he discovered women after <laughs> after nine games. Well, we got that explains how Kiryu got born in the later, like those genetics had to get passed on. Exactly, yeah. The boss, the last boss fight is probably one of the coolest boss fights as far as like the the so almost every boss fight has like a one or two different transitions that have a quick time event and you just get Mm -hmm. to watch really cool action set piece happening 
Like there's the first one is really cool. Like you, he busts open the door and it makes the arena a little bit bigger. And like you have like a, a cool anime sword fight. It looks like something from the Matrix as they're dodging the swords and ducking mm-hmm. under and stuff like that. And the second one is so awesome. It's so like black and white samurai old samurai movie style where they're pointing their pistols at each other and then running up a staircase simultaneously. Like level and the cameras following them both up as they stare at each other's faces mm-hmm. and they drop the guns and then they start fighting <laughs> with just their swords meanwhile i still use my gun fuck that but yeah um that boss fight though let me tell you again <laughs> this one was egregious because those cool transitions are unskippable so if oh, you die no. multiple times i got to that third that third part i would get killed by one attack I would go, you're kidding me! Just start screaming to my poor neighbors, uh, my poor neighbors, unfortunately. But, uh, like, I then I'd have to watch all of that all over again, get through his <laughs> five million hit points. Oh, man. Oh, no. But uh, the only other boss fight I ever had trouble with, did you have any trouble with any boss fights on easy? No, I was playing on easy. The bosses were either stun lockable or... Um, Cause there are some, um, some moves you can use that like, that like stagger them and you can just do that over and over again against them on easy. Yeah. I tried the arena a little bit and I like, I lost in the arena. Um, but the story bosses, no, no troubles. That makes sense. The move essentially on legendary is in wild dancer, just stand still. And as soon as they start moving slightly differently, you just start rolling as much as you can (laughs) and hope that they attack past you yeah but the only other fight that was incredibly difficult was when you had to fight uh what are their names uh uh katsuga korgoro and saigo the two leaders of those those factions um and you fist fought them you know and so before you went drinking yeah that was impossible because brawler the brawler fighting style you do like 10 damage and they will kill you in three punches. Jesus. Really, really fast. And so, oh, yeah. And they're ganging up on you because they're not fight. It's not a three way fight. It's two V one. <laughs> so, yeah, we um we didn't mention it, but like uh, each of the fighting styles has like the Final Fantasy 10 sphere grid for like leveling up. And I like never leveled up the brawler one. So when I got into that fight and it's suddenly like, oh, you're fighting brawler. I was like, oh, shit. I'm playing yeah. on easy, but this is still like if there was a difficult boss fight, it was probably that one. But. Yeah, and I think that's probably something that everyone like if there's something if you're gonna if you're in the spoiler wall for some reason and you still haven't played the game and you're going to, please level up Brawler a little bit before you get to that point. Because I had to go to the mines. I had to re- <laughs> I had to find a save that was like 25 minutes ago, by the way, and then go to the mines and then replay <laughs> all the way up to that point. Oh man. It's painful. So yeah, that is Like a Dragon Ishin. You know, we we kind of breezed through the story, just kind of like touched on a few favorite parts that stood out. But is there anything else um, from the story that you want to talk about now? Spoiler gloves off. I don't like I I think I think it'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'll be fine. I think so, too. That's a good place to wrap it up. So, um, Nave, thanks for coming on and uh, talking about Like a Dragon Ishin. Um, I knew there's there's a couple people in my podcasting friend group where when there's a Yakuza game, you're on the list. Uh, so you're at the top <laughs> of the list. I was happy to have you on here. Uh, I, v- I very much appreciate it. It's a, it's a far cry from 
uh, what was that other game? Unsighted that we talked about yeah, before? Yeah, Unsighted, yeah. Yeah, I absolutely love, in that month, it was like four absolute banger games and then me in the middle with Unsighted. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> it looks so silly. It was like Unsighted was cool too. I like that like game. Half-Life 2 and Persona 4. Oh, yeah, so, was, I'm like, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, like I said, happy to have you on here. And um, another recommendation for everybody listening to check out Gaming Together Again, can't say enough good things about it. So thank you, everybody, for listening. I appreciate you very much. Tune in next week for the next game to come out of the backlog. Yeah, 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 yeah